and join us as we just take a moment in the Holy Spirit, as we just take a moment in the Holy Spirit, just to welcome the presence of God even, even more and to ask him to speak, to ask him to speak through this time, to speak through Wiley. Lord, I just pray right now that you'd speak through Wiley and all he's going to say and do. But Lord, even now we want to hear a voice. Let our ears be open, let our hearts be open, Lord, to what you're doing. Let us not miss it. Let us take hold of you, Jesus. The presence of God. I'm really sensing the presence of God while I don't know about you. I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wiley, it's great to it's great to have you with us. Um, Loads you don't know, uh, Wiley Smiley is a good friend of mine, and he's a he's part of a prophetic ministry called Hearing God's Voice UK. And I've invited him to, to speak today about uh, declaring the word, and uh, in our new in our current series where we've been looking at finding our purpose. Um, and so that's my introduction to you, Wiley. But uh, if you want to go ahead and share anything, then the platform's now yours. And uh, really love to hear what God's going to say through you today. Oh, man. Oh, great. Hey, Sam. Well, thank you again for having me. Uh, and I just sent a blessing to one church in Norwich. It's uh, great to be back with you. And, uh, you know, as we were worshiping, I felt like this scripture, um, I wanted to share this scripture because one of the things about declaring the word of the Lord, particularly to our generation, we cannot allow the spirit of fear to get in the way of what God is trying to say through us to other people. That will be a blessing and a challenge to sometimes to people. And so I just felt like this scripture came to my heart and I'll just read it from second Timothy um, one chapter one verses five through nine. And it says this, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in also in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. This is speaking of the Apostle Paul. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, before time began. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus. Let me tell you, let me tell you guys something, man. God has got great and amazing things for us all to do. And really, to, to be honest with you, it ties right into our message or my message, which is all hands on deck. Listen, God has called us all. There's no one, no one that God is excluding from this end time move of God. And I love what Hannah brought earlier about, you know, getting in the word and declaring, getting in the word and knowing the word in this time and the season of our lives. And, you know, it's 
it's interesting, Sam. I mean, it's, you know, when we're seeing God speaking to our hearts, it's always going to be rooted and grounded in his word. And I believe God is speaking to a lot of people at your church and the church is everybody that's listening online. You know, we need to be encouraged, not only in our own walk, but we need to be able to encourage others, not only in the church, but outside the church. And I believe this church has a, a call of God on it to be that prophetic voice, not only to your local communities or to your city, but ultimately the nations and also the world. And so I believe this word is gonna be something um, I hopefully that God will speak to you today. Um, I believe he will. I believe the worship songs indicated that. And um, I'm just gonna pray right now, just release. I just ask the Holy Spirit now to take over what you want me to say. I ask you just to be the comforter that we need, but also to give us the strength to be able to step out in this time. And so Father, I just thank you in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Oh, so, all right, so whenever we're talking about declare the word of the Lord, uh, what I've learned, particularly when I'm teaching uh, people how to hear God's voice and receive vision, um, there's a beautiful scripture in Habakkuk chapter two, verses one through four. I'm not going to go necessarily read that, but you can write that down for another time. But what I want to say to you is at the end of that in the end of that verse, in verse four of Habakkuk, it says, but the just shall live by faith. And this is one of the keys that we've got to get in our hearts is that not only does God want to use us in that area, but also we need to have God, faith in God that we know God has something for us to speak into, or not only into our situation, but into what we need to be able to do as a church to speak into the nation. You know, in this time, you know, everybody's been watching the news and all the things that's been happening. It just, you know what, it just comes across bad news all the time, misinformation. It's almost like now you turn on the news, they've turned into a, a bit of a false prophets. And they're, they're, they're not really lining up to what God is speaking to us in our hearts. And I'm getting this from all over that people that we're in contact with sometimes are just discouraged. And so I think in this time of our life, we can look to the probably the Old Testament, particularly where we can get a lot of great information and a lot of encouragement for us to walk our walk out. And I started with Habakkuk first because with Habakkuk, one of the great things when we're teaching the people how to hear God's voice, we sort of focus on um, the four keys, which is one, quieting yourself down. And then two, look for vision as you pray. And then three, write down any thoughts or anything when you're in positions of quietness and looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And then finally, you're writing down what you receive from the Lord. And normally in a two-way journaling situation, we're trying to encourage people to, you know, just be able to hear what God is saying to them on a regular basis. And you'd be surprised what God wants to say to through all of us. I think sometimes people are un, under this impression that it's just, declaring the word of the Lord is only for a special few. And I said this last time when I was with you, it, it, it is not just for a special few, but it's for the whosoever that will say yes to the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to be, I want to be used by you. I want to lay down my life for you. It is about you, Jesus. It's about you, Father. It's about you, Holy Spirit. 
We want you to get your reward. We want it for you to everything that you hung on that cross for, Lord Jesus, that we want to be able to receive everything you have for us to walk out your plans and purposes in our life. And so this is, I think we can take a great, a great encouragement really from the scriptures um, to be able to apply those things to our life. As a matter of fact, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's all scripture. And so the part I'm focusing on today is probably more from the Old Testament, but I am going to take, I'm, I'm also taking some bits out of the new. The reason why is I want you to be encouraged by the interaction, the intimacy that God had with the prophets in the Old Testament, and then what we can apply to our life for today. Because the more we are in intimacy with the Lord, the more we sit at the feet of Jesus, the more we drink from the river of life, the more we engage with the Holy Spirit, as the songs are saying, the more we understand the Father's heart for the nations. You know, the Father didn't let Jesus die. The, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't do all that for us not to have that encounter with him. It's the, the relationship that God really wants. And that's what he's after. And really, to be, to be honest, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this because really, my whole, I had something written, written down for us today, but I feel like the Holy Spirit shifted me into talking about intimacy because the Old Testament prophets, believe it or not, walked in great intimacy with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. There was a revelation they carried that went into the New Testament, but they understood the plans and purposes of God. They understood the sacrifices to be able to speak into a generation, the good and the bad. You know, they understood that it was, it was going to be good times, it was going to be bad times. I mean, for example, you know, the three prophetic areas that I'm really going to focus on today is going to be Abraham. I'm going to talk a little bit with Jeremiah and Daniel. And then ultimately, I'm going to focus on John the Baptist. I'm going to probably talk about other prophets as well in the midst of that. But those three primarily are good testimonies of the, of, of the Lord working through these men. So with that being said, let's focus on Abraham's life because I think that Abraham's life is a good, good start for our walk of faith to be able to hear what God is saying to us, not only in the written word, but also in the spoken word, the rhema word, that word that you're going to be declaring to the nations. And so I think God has got great plans for us and we just have to trust God and what he's going to say. But what I love about Abraham, and I think this is what the Lord's really speaking to me, is that people forget that Abraham was the first person in the scriptures that God called a prophet. In Genesis chapter 20, it talks about that. And let me read that to you. It says, now, therefore, restore this man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all yours. And that caught my attention because the Bible declares that Abraham is the father of us all through faith. And it's his faith really that Lord really speaks to us in Romans chapter four. We, we, we get a beautiful picture of Abraham's faith 
and what God was speaking through that. But I felt like that was unusual for the Lord to pick out Abraham. But I think it made sense in our time frame because Abraham didn't get it right all the time. If the Bible tells us that he made mistakes, just like everyone all the time, we are not going to get it right. God's not calling us to be perfect. Well, he is calling us to be perfect in holiness and righteousness, but that's through our new creation. We're not working to perceive perfectness. We're stepping into what the new creation already has for us. We have everything in Christ in us, in Christ Jesus. That We can debate that all day. But what I wanted to say about Abraham, what I love about Abraham, is his when, when God declared the word to Abraham, he, he, re, he received it in his heart, and it was accredited to him as unto righteousness. And I love that because that's how it operates with us. When we're getting words from the Lord or whatever we're doing, we're trying to hear what God is saying to us in our hearts. And when we receive that word, it's accredited to us as righteousness. In other words, you said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, the prophetic word that comes into your heart. You have to trust the Lord whenever you're going to declare the word of the Lord into if it's your life, into your friend's life, into you get open doors to declare the word in various areas, you got to be able to trust God with what he's saying to you. And so, you know, when we're, we're doing this, Abraham is just a great example of that. And I love that. And he said, and I love the fact that this, the faith of Abraham is the, it's, it's, it's what we are stepping into now because Christ is living in us. We're in a greater covenant. We're greater promises. We have, everything has been given to us. The Bible says in Ephesians, we've been given all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And that's Ephesians 1. And so we have to trust God in our lives when he's saying that stuff to our lives and allow God to show us. And and to we need to be able to trust God when he's given those, those things. And, and whatever you're gifting, you're calling, whatever it may be, it still begins with intimacy. So if you're called to be in the banking uh, sector or you're called to the justice system or if you're called to be a home, stay-at-home mom or dad, or if you're called to the school system or if you're called to be a minister in the church, believe it or not, we're all called to the marketplace in some shape or form. Um, you got to be able to trust God and, and, and know that it's okay. We don't need to shrink back in this time. But the Lord is wanting us to go further and further with him and to to have that that, conf, that the confidence to know that God is with us. You know, one of my favorite scriptures for me personally is in um, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 38. And that again talks about uh, the just shall live by faith, but it also talks about us not shrinking back <laughs> uh, because my soul will be displeased. And that's the Lord speaking really, He's speaking to us, really. Listen, a lot of times when God gives us a word, sometimes, you know, you like, you know, respond like, oh, man, I had this word for this person, but I'm not sure to give it because I'm not sure what they'll think about it or if it's the wrong. I don't understand the word. It's a bizarre word. Just come out of left field and all of a sudden God says, I want you to give that word. And you shrink back. Don't do that. Just go get the word because to be honest with you, you don't know what's going to happen with that word. I mean, I've had some bizarre words from the Lord. Um, that I just, you know, I didn't, I said, okay, Lord, I'll give it, but it don't even make sense. And next thing I know that person I give it to, it does make sense to them because it was catered to their needs. 
Um, so that's an encouraging way to be able to let you guys know we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And I, I think some sometimes people feel like it's, we're watching others, we're spectators, we're watching others because I don't feel worthy to do it. Like my life doesn't add up. These guys pray more than I do. They're, they're you're doing things in the church. I got to be doing all these things in the church to be used and all that. Listen, I've got, for me, God didn't do that. You know, it was a simple matter of fact, if I'm honest, I was, I had the blessed opportunity to be able to sit under great ministries over the years. And I just had people so into my life and that provoked me to want to go out and minister to people, particularly in the prophetic word. I, I sat under great ministries and I stepped out in faith. I said, well, Lord, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, there's no, you're no respecter of persons. And so that's what I did. And I trusted God, you know, with everything. And so, you know, God, or my relationship with the Lord grew, but it was based off intimacy. It wasn't just, I needed to go do the stuff. It came from that place of Psalm 91, where we abide in the secret place of the most high God. It came from that place where I, I came out of there and I knew that the heart of God I was led into the secrets of the kingdom and you can too. And this is one of the great things, not only about Abraham's life, but if we move on, even in Moses's life, he says, I love the scripture in Deuteronomy 29, 29. And it talks, you know, roughly it talks about the secret things. God wants to reveal the secret things to us. And we have access to those secret things to be able to declare the word of the Lord. We're going to get secret mysteries. We're going to get new things that God wants to release to us. And we got to be able to step into that and trust God with that. That's one of the great things about the Old Testament prophets that I like. The manifestations of the glory. My God, there was loads. Can you imagine sitting with Moses and all of a sudden the fire the Lord comes down the mountain and you're seeing all that stuff and then they're being able to eat that actually the 70 elders along with Moses sat down and had the meal with the Lord and in that atmosphere I think if it's if I'm correct that the they're under their past was like jewels or something like that can you imagine sitting in that atmosphere and experience that well you know what our new creations can do that we can have access to the Lord right now you know, even when Moses came down from the mountain and his face was shining, the Bible, and I think in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it gives us an example of that. You know, but we have access to that. Now we're in a greater covenant. We're in the greater promises. We can go further than anything. It's just up to us to believe. We have to believe. And so we're, we're asking God to increase our capacity to be able to walk it the greater measure of the glory that he wants to release to us today. So that's a great example of, of Moses. And then, golly, there's many, there's many. I mean, Daniel's another one um, and Jeremiah. You know, the thing about Daniel, because I study Daniel's life a lot. What I love about Daniel is that he was able, God gave him the ability to understand all uh, enigmas and dreams and, you know, all wisdom, you know, God imparted that to us. and. I believe we can, we're stepping into that as a, as a generation of people that have to declare the word of the Lord. You know, so much, there's so much in Daniel I, we can unpack. I don't have enough time to go. It's, oh my God, there's so much in there. But 
What can you imagine in Daniel chapter seven, for example, where he sees the ancient of days and really is a picture. I believe the Lord Jesus was approaching. I think he saw the Lord Jesus approaching the ancient of days to present himself, but in that atmosphere, he's allowed to see that. And then he writes it down and now it becomes scripture so we can understand what was going on in that encounter. Are you kidding me, man? Shoot, I want, I want some of that. I want to step into that greater measure, man. I'm, I sometimes I'm envious of these boys. I'm like, hey, look, Papa God, don't forget about your boy. I want some of that action. I want some of that. Not hopefully you guys are stirred for that too. You know, the reality of it is, is that because of the encounters that Daniel had, it prepared us for maybe we're starting to understand more of the end times through Daniel's writings. And really. What I, and also what I love about Daniel is Daniel was wise enough to go back over the prophecies of Jeremiah, for example. It says actually the prophets, he probably studied a lot of the prophets, but we know for certain that he went over the prophecies of Jeremiah to understand that the 70 years of captivity were going to be ending. And he got himself ready. You know, it would do us a great service that we go and review the prophecies, not only of the Old Testament prophets, but also the prophets that came ahead of us or before us, sorry, that we can learn from them and learn how to declare the word of the Lord, to learn from their example, to learn, you know, the, the sacrifices that they had to make, you know, on behalf of trying to hear what God is saying. I think that's, a, it's just a great place to be. Um, but anyway, back to Daniel. The great thing about Daniel as well, and I believe we're stepping into that as well, is remember the angel Gabriel came and spoke to Daniel. And so, and he talked about that, you know, there was a hindrance to him and being able to come back because Daniel had humbled himself and he prayed for the nation to prepare the nation that what was about to come. And so I believe I, I have, I have from time to time angelic encounters myself. And so that's something I believe the old Testament example, of what we can walk into now we see it in the New Testament anyway, with when Mary and Joseph had the angels come to, particularly Joseph in the dream, to reassure him of the Lord Jesus coming. You know, he was about to get rid of, remember, the Bible tells us that he was about to get rid of Mary, you know, privately. He didn't want to embarrass her. But then the angel came to, to Joseph in the dream and he says, and he says, hey, chill out. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and he explained what was going to happen. So can you imagine? I mean, if my, I mean, I got to be honest. If I, if I was with my wife and I found out she was pregnant and ain't, I know it ain't me. And, you know, I'm glad I'm glad that the Lord showed up <laughs> and spoke to him. You know, I know that's I'm, I'm, I'm joking about it, but it was a seriousness to that. that God, God, God had to show up and say, whoa, I got to get this guy right. He's about to do it. He's going to fuck it all up. But thank God he listened to the validity of dreams and visions. And I believe we're the same way. Um, the Old Testament prophets, they receive visions and dreams on a regular basis. We know that throughout, throughout scripture. And we need to be able to position ourselves to be able to hear God in that way. That's one of the greatest ways. I mean, I hear God through visions and dreams a lot. And I, I, I want to encourage you guys that, that that aspect of being able to hear God's voice do that is important. And so that's a great example, something else we can learn from them. But also when we're looking at the Old Testament prophets, I mean, back 
to Daniel and Jeremiah when he was reading Jeremiah's prophecies. You know, Jeremiah, I, I listened to Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah during this few weeks. You know, Jeremiah had it work rough. You know, can you imagine that he really was almost called a false prophet because no one wanted to listen to him. And then God had to use him mightily to speak into the nation. Unfortunately, he was declaring the judgment that was coming on the nation because they had turned away from God. And then ultimately it came. He's the one that declared the 70 years of captivity. And these boys try to find fault other words to, you know, to counter what Jeremiah was saying. And ultimately, you know, Jeremiah, you know, life, it, it, it it's a tough life. You know, that's why people call him the, 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 the weeping prophet. Uh, to be honest with you, sometimes we have to bring those type words to, to a nation, to a, a people group, you know, but it's God's goodness and his grace and his mercy. It's not because he's angry with the group. It's because out of mercy, he's trying to stop them from going into that area of sin that's going to destroy their lives. And I think we, even though we know that the prophetic word utterance noun in the New Testament, it tells us to, to focus on the exhortation, uh, I think it's exhortation, comfort, exaltation. Um, to be honest with you, we're gonna do those words, but we also at times are gonna be able to have to receive the hard word, the one word that, you know, Lord, those words, the hard ones, the hard ones at times that scare us because we're trying to, we're dealing with a, a society that carries a real, orphan spirit that carries a, a, a me me culture that you're not going to tell me how to live my life you know I don't want to hear nothing if it's not making me feel better about myself I don't want I don't want to hear it and sometimes being a me me culture being about self brings dangers this is why we're dealing with human trafficking that's why we're dealing with the horrible abortion laws that's why we're dealing with uh, sexual identity issues we're dealing with a lot of stuff, corruption in government, you know, corruption in the financial sector because people have caved in to the deceitfulness of riches, <laughs> choked the word in, in the parable. So they're not receiving the word like maybe a generation before them did. And so it's really up to our generation to be able to speak those words to them, to save them, to be out there, to have the heart of Jesus, turn back. This is not what God wants you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. Don't go that way. Because really it's the orphan spirit, the lack of mothers and fathers that we're really struggling with. And, and this will probably tie into a little bit with the John the Baptist thing. Because remember, John the Baptist came in the spirit and the power, the spirit and the power of Elijah. They turned the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the mothers. We see that in Malachi chapter four where God told us that, that he was releasing that spirit, that forerunner spirit, called John the Baptist to be prepared away of the Lord, to turn the people's hearts back to God. I believe our, our generation actually carries that one really strongly, um, that we do walk in the spirit and the power of Elijah corporately, not just individually, but corporately as well. Um, and we're gonna see a lot of that. We've The orphan spirit is probably the number one thing we're gonna encounter with people, broken people. We see it all over society that the church, we need to be there for people, but you could, in love, but to speak the, the truth in love. Sometimes we focus on, a, there's, a, a, there's a false love that's been released that everything's permissible under the sun and God loves you, period. That, that's, that's, see, that's a partial truth. God, God does love the world. But he said, don't be of the world at the same time. 
And this is where God's going to bring a lot of incredible words to a lot of us, particularly, particularly you, One Church. I feel like God has got something for you that God is going to transition you to be able to speak into situations of people who are broken. I'm talking about real brokenness. Um, that people got so many barriers. Brokenness, all brokenness is, is just these barriers that been put in place that you can't get into a person's heart to bring healing. The brokenness, the fragmentation of a person's heart is so traumatized that it's going to take a radical love to be able to, with the word of God, the truth of God, um, to be able to minister to people, to bring them out of that situation so they can come into the, the love of God for their lives. And so again, let me share a testimony with you of something that happened over the summer last year. I am um, my son. I don't know if I shared last time with you, with, with you guys at one church, but my son was paralyzed um, uh, from the chest down uh, because he had a benign tumor that had to be removed. And uh, anyway, he has to go, but he's doing pretty good. Um, he's a blessing to us. We've learned a lot from the Lord about that situation. And we know he's going to walk again because so, God has declared the word to us. So we're just waiting for that to happen. But every twice a year, I have to take him to an annual uh, sort of a week long uh, admittance into Stoke Mandeville, the spinal clinic, uh, the place where they do the spinal clinic and stuff like that, where they do all the the Special Olympics, the guys that are in the wheelchairs, they do a lot of stuff with that. Anyway, I'm there with him. So we're having our week there. And um, there was this young lady that and she's probably 17 years old, beautiful young girl, but she had decided that she wanted to, uh, to go through a sex change. She was she represented trans. She was wanted to be a transgender uh, male. And so I, if I'm honest, <laughs> I was like a Jonah. I was like completely Jonah out. I was like running away from any engagement with that. I was like, look, I'm just here. I'm studying. I was doing some stuff for the Lord. I'm just spending time with my son. It's just me and him together. And it was doing, it was at the height of COVID anyway. So you're limited what you can do. So anyway, long story short, we go into his kitchen area and this young girl, we were talking about politics and, you know, I, they asked me, what did I think about? Because they recognized I was American. And they said, what did you think about, you know, President Trump? So I just told him, you know, I like Trump, you know, and I think he's, he's doing pretty good. I, even though I know it's a controversial subject, that, that's, where I, that's where I live. And so anyway, she's like, what? So, you know, she started talking to me. She's, you know, she had been effing and blinding the whole time there, different people anyway, about various things. And so, How can you like him? So anyway, I started talking to her. I was like, well, this is this. And, you know, she said, well, he's doing, he does this against, you know, people who are, live gay lifestyles or transgender. He's trying to kill off transgender people and all that type of stuff. When I told her, that's not true. But then all of a sudden, I, for some, I knew it's the Holy Spirit, but I decided, because she was in a wheelchair, I decided in the kitchen area, I sat down next to her and I was cooking a hamburger and stuff. And she started talking to me and stuff. And then we just, all of a sudden, I knew the presence of the Lord came in the room and the father heart of God came into the room. And I said, oh, here we go. Okay, I'm in. Okay, Lord, you know, I was trying to avoid this. I, I knew God was going to do something there, but I, I, I did. Oh, man, I'm, oh, man, I completely just was like, oh, my God. Anyway, I just felt the father heart of God come on me and just started talking to her about life. And, you know, and that, and so whatever happened, God was drawing her. 
drawing his daughter to him. And so the next night I'm, I'm sitting, it's late at night, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Everybody's supposed to be in bed, including her. So she rolls into the kitchen area and I'm sitting there and I'm doing some studying and stuff like that. And I'm just, I'm, I'm studying about inner healing. And um, so she just positions herself. I knew she was coming over to me. I actually tried to avoid her. I said, okay, let's see what happens. Anyway, she came over to me and she dropped her pencil to get my attention. <laughs> so I pick up the pencil. I knew what she was doing. And then we started talking about life. She just opened up. The presence of God came again. I felt the father heart of God. And then she started asking me all types of questions. Like, you know, she asked me what I was doing. And I told her I was studying about inner healing and deliverance and, you know, what God does to bring healing to people's lives. And she says, well, what do you think about witches? You know, because the Bible is pretty tough on, on people who are witches. And I said, why did you ask that? And she said, because I'm a practicing white witch. And I was like, oh, really? And she said, yeah. She says, do you agree with what the Bible says about witches? I, well, I said, I agree with the word says. I agree with God's heart for people that are called in that lifestyle, that God has something else for them to do. And so we went on. So I followed, I, let, I kept being led by the spirit. I didn't try to lean on my own understanding. I knew the Lord was doing something different. And so we kept talking. She was like, you know, my, my, you know, I don't really like, like, I do like religion, but I don't like it because I got my grandparents in America that are Christian fundamentalists. And they're like the type that says you're going to, you know, you're going to hell, you're going to burn and, you know, this, this, and this. And I, you know, I said, oh man, it's unfortunate. She's like, yeah. She said, well, how, what, what do you do? And stuff like that. And so I just told her, I just told her that my heart is to see people broken and, you know, get healed by God and bring incredible words. And then God gave me a word for it. And this is that declaring the word of the Lord. God gave me a word for her about being a daughter. And I told her that I said, listen, I know this is going to sound strange, but I feel like the Lord is speaking to me about you. And I feel like God wants to let me know that he loves you as his daughter. He loves you so, so much. And I felt the presence of the Lord just surround us. And then she said, you know, that's thank you very much. And I, I noticed she started tearing up a little bit, not a lot, but she said, you know, um, my parents weren't the greatest. You know, my dad wasn't the greatest to me. He struggled with problems. She went on to say it. She said, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm in a wheelchair because I try to commit suicide. So I, was, I think either a, a six story, four or six story building, she said, she decided to jump off the building. And by her doing that, she lost, uh, she became paralyzed from her waist down. And I was like, wow, uh, you know, I, wow. And she said, yeah, I, I didn't want to be here anymore. Cause I just, I just felt low. I felt angry. You know, I felt like no one loved me anymore. I felt like I was rejected and just that just trouble. She was just trouble. And she went on and on with it. And then all of a sudden her demeanor changed because the presence, because once that word came, see that word in presence, I told her, listen, you know, I spoke the truth and love to her. I didn't shy away from what was going on in her life, but God, the love of God, that manifestation of his presence, declaring the word of the Lord to a person that really needed it, that changed her situation. She didn't come to Christ, but her whole demeanor changed. All of a sudden this, the beautiful daughter, she just, you could see her glow because she got an encouraging word that changed her situation a little bit that brought her peace and she's and we were leaving the next day and she's like you know that's you know she said you know 
but it's been really good to talk to you and stuff like that. And thank you very much. And I'll, before you leave, I'll come and say goodbye to you and your son. And you know what she did uh, the next day. And I knew God had really touched her in that way. And that's what I mean by the, the declared word of the Lord. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even want to give the word. And it, it was just an incredible experience. And that's what we need to be able to do is to have God speak to us in a radical way. Um, and so with the Old Testament prophets, you know, there's, you know, their heart was to see the nations turn back to God. They did not want to see their nations go in the torment that God was warning them that was going to happen to them because of the sin and because of unrighteousness of the land, because of what really what we're seeing is people are turning to their own ways. You know, that what's that scripture at, it's in the end, at the end of Judges where the Bible says that there was no king in Israel and everybody turned to their own way. Let me say something that's happening in our day because without the church being out there declaring the word of the Lord and prophesying into situations, we all can do it. You don't know what God help you prophesy until you might be raising up a leader and you speak into their life and they ascend position to be in an area of government. I, I'm a firm believer that sometimes I know we're supposed to honor uh, government officials, but sometimes some of these officials are, are don't have real authority. They have false authority, and they've been put in that position for uh, for you know just political reasons. They got there for political reasons. Can you imagine us prophesying to a person that's actually was supposed to be there? You never know what might happen when God puts that person in a situation. It could be a church, it could be a bank, it could be anywhere. It could be you can do anything, and. I think God in his wisdom is giving us the scriptures. That's why all scripture is breathed and inspired by God, because it's our example to turn back to. We can go read the prophets. We can say, man, that speaks to our day. And the book of Amos, great example. Amos chapter eight, it talks about there's a famine in the land. And, uh, and then it goes down, it talks about it's the hearing of the words of the Lord is the real famine in the land. And I feel like we're, we, we need to change that. Well, I think most of the people can recognize that without a prophetic word. But man, what are we going to do about it? Forget about recognizing it. What are we going to do about it? Well, hey, the Spirit of God's in you. Jesus is in you. That's what we're going to do about it. We're going to release the kingdom of God. That's what's in us, in the area of your influence. And so that's what we're going to do about it. And that's why I said all hands are on deck. because. If you do your, if you do the bit that God has called you to through intimacy, I do the bit that God's called me to do. We all have different functions. We all have different things we're going to do. We need each other way more than you realize in this hour. I can't. I, we just can't all do it. I can't do everything. I can't be a pastor. I can't. I can't be this. I can't be that. Yeah, I function in pastoral modes, but others have that call and that gifting to do that. And. Really, I just want to pray and to be able to release the grace of God over you guys to be all that God has called you to be. You know, the Lord loves everyone, everybody in that church and all the churches, but we've got to be able to come back to the place of intimacy, the place of first love, where we're spending that divine time with God, where we hear his heart. We're allowing that in that place, God is dealing with our hearts, number one. But as he pulls those planks out of our eyes, 
you know, a lot of times in Matthew 7, we 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 don't read the, all that scripture from verses one through five is because it talks about not judging. But what the scripture actually says is if you pull the planks out of your eyes, then you'll be trained to recognize the planks in other people's eyes. In other words, you're going to have to go back and help those people pull the planks out of their eyes. I'm not leaving them in that situation, just like I didn't leave you in that situation. And that's why we misunderstand that, because we're just like, we don't, we don't say anything because we don't want to judge a person. Yeah, don't judge them unrighteously. Don't just assume anything off the top. You don't know what's going on in that situation. That's why you need to pray. When somebody comes into your area, pray. Lord, talk. what's this? What's going on here? Sometimes you ain't got to deal with certain things, and sometimes you have to. But the most important thing is we, we, we're going to be a people that's going to declare the word of the Lord in the spirit of truth, allowing the spirit of truth to use us, to reveal all truth. The Bible says the spirit of truth reveals all truth. And we'll be able to speak into that situation. And I think personally bring people to salvation in the name of the Lord. Anyway, I think... If if I can just pray over you, because I, I I thought I had more to say, but I feel like Lord wants to be the was put my anchor down there. Um, Father, I just pray over one church now, Lord. I just ask you just to open it up to where you want us to go in this situation. To um, I just leave it up to you now. You let us know what you want us to do. We we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and your grace for the church in Jesus' name.